Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. Hey, brothers and sisters. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 45 of Indecent Exposure. I am your master of ceremonies, the mongrel. And I have to say, this is an episode of Indie Exposure like no other that's come before, or probably that will ever follow. We start off with a great tune I've been meaning to share with you, but the bulk of this extended episode will be an interview I had with the brilliant talented, brassy, sassy, and lovely actress, singer, model, and crypto entrepreneur, Sarah Marie, a.k.a. Girl. The main topic of our conversation was meant to be all about her new collection of highly stylized NFTs inspired by pinup art of yore, but radiating with a powerful, competent femininity, it's finally getting the appreciation it deserves in more areas of professional and public life. What actually happened, though, is that we talked about absolutely everything under the sun. And I had the opportunity to find out what a multifaceted talent she is. We talked dogs. We talked personal safety. We talked family dynamics. We talked hunting and gaming and living and loving and trying to hustle a comfortable place for yourself on this planet at the near edge of Armageddon. As I said, I've never brought you a conversation like this before, and I did not edit for length. Because when you're hearing about her in the mainstream media, I want you to be able to say, yeah, I knew all about her good shit back in the day. Now, while you're listening, you should really take in her gallery of NFTs so you can get a sense of just what and who I'm talking about. There's a link at the top of the show notes, but if you're not able to read the show notes right now on your podcatcher of choice, the link is opensea.io slash E-T-H-E-G-I-R-L. Again, that's opensea.io slash ethagirl. And we'll roll that interview right after we roll a track from another of my favorite ladies, Kendra Black, who released the album The Fire in 2019. For those of you who heard my interview with her, you know that there are many sides to her as well, but we'll stick to the music right now with the tune I'm Better, right here on Indecent Exposure. You got second instance. You got second instance. Try breaking me down, but I'm better than ever. Anxiety that you thought you were clever. Show for it. Try breaking me down, but I'm better 
And with me on the line, actually Skype, is the one and only Ether Girl, Sarah Marie. Sarah, thank you for joining us on the show. Again. Again. <laughs> should we tell? I guess we should tell the listeners. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We should. We should because like it's going to sound like we've rehearsed this in some spots because we kind of have. We had a lovely conversation uh, yesterday at about 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. And then my tech shit the bed. <laughs> and uh, we lost about 45 minutes worth of conversation. Actually, and, an uh, hour and 15. Oh, but who's counting, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it was uh we said a lot of great things uh we we had a lot of laughs uh we became good friends and fortunately became good enough friends that when i told sarah marie that everything just just crashed and burned she was kind enough to um say all right i'll get up at at like seven thirty in the morning to be ready to do the show all over again and so I have to say thank you, Sarah Marie. Of course. Yeah, no problem. I am I have walked the wolf. I have a wolf, so he's taken care of. I'm pretty sure he's sleeping next to me, but he's too silent to hear. And no, is, that a, uh, is that a full 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 bred, full blood wolf or a, uh, a he's, wolf? He, he's twenty five percent gray wolf. Uh, the other part of him is German Shepherd, Siberian Husky, uh, Alaskan Malamute. And then he has some chow chow in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, you know, we didn't even talk about that, but let's let's start that with that. Oh, a yes. wolf is a um and, and a chow. The a chow is an extremely alpha kind of dog. Yeah. Um, my my sister had a an a chow named Doyle. Oh, and I like that. It was a great dog and but he would not mind. Her. Yeah, and yeah. Well, he's Colt's definitely got some of that in him. Yeah, she. Actually, he also has. Good. He also has all those other dogs, like all those other dogs that I just uh, named off. They're very similar. They don't really like to. They don't go by the rules. They they have their own agenda going. <laughs> well, I was gonna say they they comply. They don't obey. They comply yeah. because <laughs> yeah. because they like they understand. So what um what made you decide to take on a a, a dog parent a beast beast like that when other people yeah, would probably be dinosaur? terrified yeah um so long story short he was bought as a baby in the sherman oaks area i'm assuming he was bought um and they kept on um leaving him home alone for 24 48 hours plus at a time and he would get out and uh one day he got out and he got hit by a car and i think it was like his third escape mm. and animal control was like hey we warn you guys he keeps getting out he got hit like you guys aren't taking care of him so we're not going to give him back and fortunately he's or was young enough to, um, they decided he was young enough. So they got him all repaired because the, um, the car accident, um, shattered the back leg, his ba uh, back left leg. Yeah. But he was such a, he was a puppy. So they fixed him up really good and fast and they also fixed him. They gave him all his shots 
and then they didn't really have anywhere to put him, so they put him in like this little halfway house for cats. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I met him, um, he he was the second dog I met, or actually the third dog. The other ones, it they just didn't, you know. It's like when you know, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I met him. I went to this cat sanctuary. <laughs> And he comes flying out of the fucking house and with all these cats around. And um, I'm like, oh, my God. And I look at this guy and he is just so hyper and so like just he's crazy. And I just looked at him. I was like, oh, my God, only I can take you. And then we went on a walk. And by the end of the walk, I was like, oh, yeah, this is my dog. As crazy as fuck as he is, this is my animal. And, um, yeah, ever since then, I, I had him. Yeah, it can be love at first sight like that. More so, I think, with a dog than, than with, a, with a human being. More um, so, it was like, you're crazy as fuck. No one else can handle you but me. And I was yeah. like, so I need to take you. I need to take you under my belt. Yeah, the four-legger in our house uh, is, a, uh, is, a, is a Dixie dog. And okay. uh, Dixie Dogs, uh, there's so many people who don't spay or neuter their pets down south um, yeah. that, it, that yeah. it means that there are some amazing dogs down there that you can adopt. Right. And they, they bring right. them up here. They put them on a truck and they bring like a hundred at a time and you pick them out ahead of time. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I mean, they're going to get put down. I mean, that's the thing. They mean, well, no, what I what I don't. Go ahead. The uh, the it's weird. It's like I, of course, like if I had the option, would I want to get my dog fixed? It's like, obviously, I'm going to know like who he's, he's around. I'm going to know that he can't like I wouldn't let him impregnate a female dog. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know how I feel about all the. All that stuff. Well, it's you know, it's it's a tricky business. It's the the thing is up up here, up yeah. north in in Yankeeville, um, th- most people do get their their, their dogs spayed or neutered. And yeah. what yeah. happens is if you're going to look, if you're looking to adopt a dog mm-hmm. from the Humane Society, I mean, when we were yeah. looking, what you had was rescued pit bulls. They were like you know half pit yeah. bull, half shepherd, yeah. half pit bull, half. You know, saber-toothed tiger. There were a lot of dogs that may, <laughs> may or may not have been like drug dealer dogs, and yeah, it was yeah. just like it's like really. And when you've got kids, you're like, eh, I don't know if I want that yeah. in the house. So, yeah. But if you go to the Dixie Dog site, um, they have you know golden retrievers, and they yeah. have you know poodles and chihuahuas, and you know you name it, they've got it. And it's not like it's an industry. It's just that there's so many that get dropped off at the, at the Humane Society. I know. It's their, so sad. Their choice is either, you know. And this one, um, she's a, a mountain uh, feist, which is like this little little sausage dog. She's kind of like a, <laughs> a funny-looking dog. Um, but she clearly uh, was an escape artist. Uh, oh yeah, okay. because she she's really good at it, and you could tell that she yeah. lived on the road on her own by her wits. You'd get along yeah. with her. She lived yeah, by her yeah. wits uh, for at least a you know probably six eight months before yeah. they finally caught her. Yeah, and uh, so she's she's really she obeys my wife. She tolerates me. 
Um, that's a, <laughs> See, it's the other way around with me. I'm yeah. tolerated. <laughs> <laughs> and he obeys my boyfriend. <laughs> Well, it's yeah. yeah it's it's tough it's tough yeah. because you know but you I, want go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i think he he tolerates we got this dynamic going on where it's more of like a brother sister dynamic mm, got it and got it. yes and it's like i know he loves me with everything he's got like he is just my shadow he is my protector but he's a little shit to me and he knows he can push me around <laughs> and so <laughs> That's what he does sometimes, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, we had a we had a we had a, a dog called a uh, it's a German dog called a Hovewart, which is a beautiful dog. It's imagine a Newfoundland, a big shaggy Newfoundland. Oh but, yeah, but with the markings of a Rottweiler. And oh my god, that's gorgeous! Gorgeous dogs and super smart. Uh, they're the precursor to the German Shepherd. Yeah, and their, their name means guardian of the farm or guardian of the estate, and that's what they are. They're wow. so obsessed about making sure that all the shit is locked down where they live. That, they, that is so cool. That they tend not to stray because they can't imagine what might be going on. You know, what kind of shit might be going down if they if they were to leave? Oh my god, um, such type A dogs. They're really type A, and <laughs> he did, we got an adult an. An intact male who yeah. was through already three years old. He was looking for a, a, a new home. And he just did not listen to my wife at all. I mean, and the thing is, he would behave really well around me. Yeah. And so it was it was a long time before I was like, you're saying all this shit about him. His name was Salem. You're talking all this shit about him. He's a good boy. And she's like, okay. There's what there's the way he is around you, and then there's who he actually yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and then it turned out that he was like so alpha. My kids were little, and he snapped at one of them, and eh, it was it was a bad scene. Um, we shipped him back to the breeder. No harm, no foul. But yeah. um, I would love to raise one from a puppy one day. Anyway, so yeah. we're talking dogs. We're talking. We're talking alpha dogs, and even. You know, even the fact that, you know, he does treat you like a little sister, um, still, that suggests to me that that's in line with who either girl is as a strong, successful, entrepreneurial woman in the 21st century. Yeah, Um, he's a companion. He's a companion. And I'm sure um, I'm sure he's a, a really reassuring presence to have on walks. Oh my God! Yeah, people part the seas. <laughs> betting, oh, I'm betting people look at him like it's I the am greatest. I'm not I even gonna smile alone. at you. Yeah, I'm not even gonna no. wave, wave high at no. you. But so, it is cute like, when they see him with me. Like when when little women see him with me, mm-hmm. they'll be the first one to appro- to approach him, and no one no one else would. But it's like if they're if they look at me and they see me and they're like my size. Right. Woman, they're like, oh, he's safe, and they go, they clobber him, and I love it. <laughs> and he laps it all up with the spoon. Wow, oh, he he loves it. He yeah. loves it. So we uh, we started talking yesterday, um, kind of, you know, your backstory. I made the mistake of thinking that uh, just because you're up in northern, you know, your origins are northern California, that you were a country girl. Um, and you corrected me, although I went back and read an article about your um, 
you're getting into you're being a finalist for Maxim, and you did, oh, yeah. you did describe yourself as a Nevada country girl. So I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, yeah, no, I, and like I said, like I was like such a chameleon. I didn't fit anywhere. It's I kind of just I kind of experienced everything. But I, mainly, my my family was very hippie. Um, like my mom and my aunt, like I was saying yesterday, my aunt was born in a teepee outside of Houston, Texas on a commune. Um, so my Omi, she has a lot of Cherokee Indian in her. So we, we were very hippie, but you know, then I started hanging out with different people and I never fit in any place. So I would just, you know, I would hop to group to group. And one of the groups that I stayed in for quite a bit, they happened to be uh, hunters and the really respectful kind. And they taught me everything I know with um, firearms. And they taught me how to protect myself in that way with those things. And yeah, they taught me a lot. And uh, I think that's where the the country comes to be. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, there is some good hunting in Northern California. Um, oh, there is if you can get a good deer tag. Is it, uh, is it expensive? It's very difficult. Uh, it's, ex- it's expensive and it's difficult. A lot of people want to hunt, so your chances of getting the uh, zone that you want is, is pretty hard to get. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Massachusetts, yeah. Um, it's pretty it's pretty easy. And yeah. we, we need more hunters here yep. because the deer population is exploding. Yeah. And people don't realize if you don't have something to thin the herd, it gets yeah. you're gonna get diseased animals. You're gonna get sick. Oh animals. yeah, yeah. You're gonna yeah, you're gonna get that or you're gonna get inbred or you're gonna get there's something's going to ro- go wrong. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're going to be hitting them in your car at, at 60 miles an hour. At that, night. that too. That so, too. And that could hurt you. Yeah, so, uh, no, hunting, I mean, is, hunting, hunting is a thing. And, and there's a reason that yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, in the state of California, I feel like there are just so many people that want to hunt. And I feel like those people don't understand that there's so many states that actually really need help in that area. Hmm. Um, I mean, I would I would love to deer hunt where you're at, um, especially if it's like overpopulated. Um, yeah, it's and it's really there's some really gorgeous gorgeous uh, um, domains to, to to choose from. I mean, there's just yeah. it's you know New England, cold, crisp mornings. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. really it's it's a thing. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, one deer that gives you meat all year if done properly. Yeah, yeah. No, I have I have always wanted to do bow hunting, and I've never I've never tried that, and because yeah. I think that kind of fits my. I think that would be my, 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 my sort of my Zen moment, you know, yeah. being out there because, yeah. you know, you got to get really pretty close and then you got to be quiet and you got to sort of, you know, know your terrain really well. And I feel like that would be yeah. kind of like my thing. Yeah. Compound bow. Um, that would, yeah, I honest, <laughs> I think I'm too tiny for the compound bone uh, bows. Um, mm. I definitely could get one for my size and could learn, but I, I just haven't touched base on right. that at all. Yeah, no, there's there's, there's there is a, a strength factor and a, and a size factor. I mean, yeah, those yeah. suckers, you know, pulling those back are, 
All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, I just... <laughs> but uh, but, but you're in good shape, though. I, uh, you seem to have some some good muscle tone there. Um, yeah, so I'm I, guessing I have that. You, you've got the strength for it. It's just getting used to it. Yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely have the muscles for it. Um, but it's... I feel like also it would be one of those things where if I got a compound bow... It take a lot of time to learn and to it just it would be time consuming. Right. And I feel like there's so much more that I still have to learn in all the other areas with right. like, you know, um, like yeah, you're trying I mean, to get you're trying to get your acting career, you know, yeah. rocking and rolling yeah. and you're trying to do more modeling. And yeah, I hear it's the, there's only one life here. And that's the thing that sucks. Right? I know. I know. But I would like to I would like to hunt uh, at some, like soon. Probably within this next year, I, I would love to either deer hunt or, but then I would have to get the industrial size freezer, or uh, duck hunt. I love duck hunting. Hmm. Duck hunting. Yeah. I don't know if duck hunting is as big here as as it is in other places. I know that uh, and the like the Mid Atlantic, you know, yeah. Carolinas and places like that. The big duck hunting down there. Yeah. Um, but you know, hey, I've got friends who are big hunters uh, here. If you should decide to to take a trip out to Massachusetts, yeah, I would love to. Um, I'll hook you up with the, these guys. They're good guys, and uh, they'll they'll set you up. And they have the freezer, right? So what you do is you arrange with them to store your mm -hmm. kill, and it'll all be like freezer, you know, cryo cryo pack, right? Right, right, right. And that way, when you want it, you just pay them to ship it out there in a, in a, in a cooler. Oh, I like that. I like See? that they do that service. That's a good service. I think it would. You know, actually, that's, that is a good service. Maybe that's I should look into service. that. That's a great service. Yeah. Probably pays better than journalism. So um, <laughs> so let's talk about your origins. Um, yes, Hippie, you're actually on your birth certificate. It's uh, it's it's Glowing Moonbeam, I think is your, probably your name. Something oh, like that. no, it'd be sun, it would be Sunbeam. Sunbeam, Sunbeam. <laughs> so the uh, that that you you left. Uh, you've actually traveled around a bit, and yeah. uh, you were getting your your modeling career going, an acting career, um, pretty early on. How how old were you when you kind of get started with that? Uh, so to reiterate from yesterday, uh, when I gonna did keep rubbing that in, are you? No, 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 no. I, I, I want the people to know. <laughs> and I and I'm trying to think of new like new ways to say it so it's not the same uh, conversation. Got it. Got it. I think I'm doing pretty good. You're doing good. Uh so when I was young I um did um commercials. Um when I was very young. I I don't know where to find them at this point. Uh yeah, I started doing that and then I did do the modeling thing here and there. Uh, but with the commercials, um, I, there was a brief time where I took a hiatus because, um, at the time of when I was like three going on to four, that's when my speech impediment started kind of holding me back from things. Um, and I couldn't say my R's or my S's. And so, um, I had to go to speech therapy for a long time. So there was like a bunch of commercials when I was like cute and tiny and didn't have to say much. And, uh, for the modeling thing, um, you know, that was kind of all throughout my life. I didn't really consider it modeling. I just considered, you know, it you know, photos were being taken of me. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so the commercial thing was when I was very young. It was like for um, small town stuff. Yeah. Well, I uh, I did I did uh, the speech therapy myself as as we talked yeah. about yesterday. I couldn't say my yeah. R's, and yeah. and I still I kind of said them like Humphrey Bogart, kind of out of the side of my mouth. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, hey, and uh, and I yeah. still sometimes slide into that. Uh, after probably after that martini that I had last night, uh, probably <laughs> a little bit that I know did the Bogart thing there. I understand. It, but uh, you know, you know what's funny about that is I actually so I couldn't say my R's or my S's, and I've noticed, and this is like really recently that when I say my R's and my S's, the left side of my face does something way different. And that is tied in with why people think I look like Scarlett Johansson, because she does this thing with the left side of her face. I could be getting it wrong. It's either wonder, on the right side of her face or uh-huh. the left side of her face. But we do the same shit, and I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> I wonder if she had um, speech, speech uh, impediment. I have no idea. Getting. But when people say that I look like her, like, I, I get a couple people, like, but majority of the time it's that I look like her and it's I really do think it's because she talks with like the left side of her face and I I do that as well and that's because I have to try harder with my R's and my S's and it goes to the left side of my face if that makes sense interesting yeah I can kind of sort of see the this but I'm guessing that probably like you said it's not so much like your the features but but how your face you know yeah, does that how, thing yeah yeah exactly because I do not think I look like her at all I can see a little bit you know but uh, then again you know people have said that I look like this the person or that person I'm like no way um, no. so that's uh, that is a that is a, an interesting factoid about you because I know that. When you have a speech impediment, it can affect self-esteem, and you kind of have to get does, over that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to get well, over that. Go ahead. Eventually, I did, um, but you know, like I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know if we had the same experience. So, like, I got, I got made fun of all the time. I could not talk, and I was so shy, and I was so, I was. I was so shy about not being able to talk like everybody else, and I got made fun of to where it literally made me go silent. And it was because I was embarrassed. And um, I, I would have my mom, as long as I could, I would have my mom introduce me because I couldn't say my own name, which has, a, you know, Sarah, it's an S and an R. And um, she would introduce me and I just I didn't ever want to talk because I just remember either people couldn't understand me and then it would take them a long time to figure out what I was trying to say. Or I would get made fun of, you know, by the kids at my school. So, yeah, I just I was silent for a long time up until I was like nine years old. I was just shy and not wanting to open my mouth. Now, I've read that you, um, and I had this experience too, not to, to, to make this at all about me, but I understand it, that you found that singing did not give you the same problem 
No, I and, didn't have to enunciate. <laughs> yeah, and and because your mouth is opening very wide, yeah. um, I think that there's something that your brain does that makes it so that you don't have to think about enunciation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you uh, you sing now? It sounds like you might be a second soprano or an, or an alto. What, what, what oh, you I can all I can alternate throughout anything. Um, Got it. Singing singing was my. I feel like it saved me, and I feel like it also. Mu- I mean, music is a huge part of my life. Uh, singing definitely saved me, and it gave me a voice. I didn't have to enunciate. Number one, that was obvious, but. Um, I kind of just found a power within it, but I was, I'm such a shy human being that I never thought I was good. So when I sang, I sang for myself because it made me feel incredible. So it wasn't until recently, actually, like maybe two years ago that I could actually get up on a stage and sing. Because I was so used to like being with choir performers. So there would be 20 to 40 of us on the right, stage. Right. Um, and, you know, we were all singing next to each other. So I didn't, it didn't matter how loud I was. And even, even then I would restrict myself because I felt like I was too loud. Like I never wanted to be too loud. I never wanted to have, I never wanted people to think that I wanted their eyes to be on me. And so I always kept it at bay and I just kind of sang with everybody else. And then as, you know, I grew up, uh, well, as I grew up, something happened around 21. I don't know what the fuck it was, but all of a sudden me being shy, me being, I just transformed overnight. I don't know what it was. Um, all of a sudden I had a voice and I, I demanded to be respected and I demanded people to listen to me. And ever since then, I, it, I've just developed like this very strong, very forward personality. And I'm, yeah, that happened. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know who to thank for that. But it just I uh, I grew later on in life. And yeah, now I'm just my personality is very big. It's very loving. It's very compassionate. I'm pretty genuine, I would have to say. I just, I, I connect with people. You strike me as a pretty authentic individual who's, you know, there are people who are different depending on who they're with. And then there are people who yeah. are basically, they are who they are mostly with anybody. And you strike me as the sort of person who's, yeah, that's who, me. you don't, you don't want to really spend a lot of energy trying to come up with all these different skins that you're going to wear. No, it's exhausting. I have one skin. It's just mine. Yeah. So I think, you know, we talked a little bit about yesterday about your, um, about your mom. And mm-hmm. I wonder if, I wonder if as you got, older through your teen years um the lessons that you picked up whether you knew it or not as you're growing up maybe sort of you might have internalized those your your mother was a, a, a you grew up with a single mom right yeah 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 who became i'm guessing probably one of your best friends 
Yeah, my mom was definitely one of my my mom. My mom was uh, even for a single mom. She always was the mom. You know, she never wanted to try to be my friend. She was the she was the mom. You know, she taught me ways of life and she took no shit. (laughs) And uh, her and I, as much as we love each other and she knows me very well um, and I know her very well. um, We we butted heads a lot because uh, around 15, 16, I started developing my voice and I first in my home and I started just not taking shit from people. And I don't know where that came from. Um, Maybe she had a little bit to do with it. Uh, But my mom, as much as I love her, she, she can be a very controlling woman. And I think that caused me to um, not rebel. It was not rebelling. It was me being like, okay, I know that you have these controlling aspects of yourself. And I need you to know that that's not healthy for me. So her and I would butt heads all the time. And um, she is an extremely strong woman. But yes, she does have a little control issues. (laughs) But yeah, I got a lot of that from her and she always spoke her mind um, as far as I can remember, especially with her family. Um, But yeah, I I got I got a lot of that. from. I can tell you um, from from having kids that you're you're teaching them all the time. You're you're providing them with a template all the time. Yeah. And um, and both my kids are extremely self-confident in in many areas, not all areas, but many areas. And they say what's on their mind and Mm -hmm. they they don't understand because I never treated them like little kids. Right. I mean, I didn't baby talk them ever. Um, yeah. And I always I always had really high expectations for them. So now they've they're growing up and they're they're meeting those expectations. And sometimes I'm like, oh, shit, did I did I intend <laughs> did I really want them to be have, have such strong will? Did I really want that? Um, I think ultimately it's it's good. Um, great thing. Your mother, um, you know, you you talked about how your mother really uh, was overprotective. I mean, this was yeah. in, in yesterday's conversation. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. And how that was something that you've had to me. kind of get over. But at the same time, it, it also you took that with you when you left home. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yes. So my mom, my mom was very overprotective because um, she only had a little girl. Um, and she just put in my head. You know, do not trust people. I, I, I remember not even being able to walk down the next grocery aisle without her because she was fearful of me being taken or stolen. Mm. Um, and that was throughout, honestly, until I left the, the house at 17. And um, I thank her for it because when I left and when I was on my own, those kind of, I always protected myself. I always knew my whereabouts. I always just, you know, I scanned every room. Situational awareness. Yeah. And, uh, I took that from her for sure. Um, 
did I do I think that it set me back a little because I was so scared? Um, sometimes, but you know, I also always went with my gut, and I, I think it it. I think overall it made me extremely smart and cautious. And if anybody has a daughter who's 17 going off into a city that you are not close to, you would want her to be exactly that. Mm. Even if it's a little overly at times, like there is, there's, there's no harm in being overly cautious about your own personal safety. These days, especially, I mean, yeah, there have always been dangers. Um, you know, when I was a kid, and this was, you know, back in the the Stone Age, but um, my <laughs> parents, uh, you know, my mom, basically, she would kick us out. This is like summer vacation time. She'd kick us out and say, "This is like after lunch. I don't want to see you until dinner." Like, literally, yeah. I don't give a fuck where you go, but stay out of my hair for the next six hours. And wow, we took that we took that to heart. And I, okay. I mean, the things we did and the places we went and the trouble that we, yeah. you know, mostly didn't get caught at. I, I can't imagine most parents doing that today. I don't. Um, I don't. My, my wife is also a little bit more like. I think your mom probably. Um, yeah. She's very, very overprotective. I try to be the, you know, the sort of, you know. Lenient one. Lenient yeah. one. But we have come to a, a sort of a, 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 a middle point where what we're doing is we're slowly giving them freedom and teaching right. them. Like, for example, what we're doing is we're saying, okay, here's, you know, $1.75 for the bus for each of you. Yeah. Go yeah. down, go take the bus. It drops you off right in front of the movie theater. Go buy some tickets. Go watch a movie together. Then find your way back to the bus stop and come home. Yeah. Do you, do you guys have boys? I uh, yes, I have. Two, we have two boys. Two boys. So oh, it's, ooh, you guys got lucky. Yeah. Well. Yeah, no, boys are. Oh my gosh, I have two little brothers, and they're the most amazing little things in the world. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, people say that boys are easy, and in some ways, yeah. Yeah, in no, some ways, yes. In some ways, I mean, I was not easy, and I think that the the, the thing that my mother did, uh, she said jokingly, but, you know, she's kind of got some witchiness to her, so she, <laughs> so it, she said, I hope you have children who are every bit, uh, who are just like you. Um, and I'm like, that doesn't sound like a, a wish, a, a warm wish. That sounds like a curse and, you know, yeah. gypsy witch you. So, yeah. so that's, uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, that's what happened. And I have I, kids who are like I me. I know and... for a fact that I was much harder than both my brothers. Well, one brother came from my biological uh, dad's side and then the other one came from my mom's side after she uh, got married when I was around 10 and both of those boys are just they're angels compared to what I was you know I talk to my mom now I'm like god damn it like I was a fucking asshole and she trauma blocked it of course because she loves me sure she's like you weren't that bad I was like mom I like I remember calling you a cunt like please don't don't sugarcoat it <laughs> like i was not perfect she's like no you 
never said that. I'm like, yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, she's, yeah. yeah, she's trauma blocked it. But at the same she, time, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Parenthood is is really largely about trauma blocking. Yeah. Uh, because if you remembered all the shit that your kids did, uh, you wouldn't raise them you until wouldn't. they were old enough to breed. Uh, yeah, and you wouldn't like them. <laughs> you wouldn't like them and you wouldn't want to take care of them. So um, my kids, they... Um, uh, I, I love them to death and uh, and I wish them all the success in the world, but I really want them to reach that point. I'll probably be dead and gone before they do <laughs> where they say, you know, he actually was onto something there. He actually knew yeah. some shit yeah. um, because it takes a while before you get to that point where you're, where you're like, you look back at your parents and say, oh, they knew some shit. Um, yeah, but isn't it, isn't it weird? I don't know if you've experienced this yet, but isn't it weird? We all go through that point where we're like, ah, oh, maybe they knew some shit. <laughs> I, I, I went through that and like, from the age of 20 to 24, I called my mom for like four years straight being like, God damn, thank you for making me who I am. Thank you for being who you are. Like, I apologize for being a little shit when I was a teenager. I was an emotional wreck and just like, you're the greatest. And then time went by and then I started seeing her as a human versus my mother right and then i started seeing her flaws as well because you know i was a grown adult i was you know i was well into who i am now and you know this was only a couple of years ago and it's just like i think there's stages where you see your parents and then i saw her in a different light where it wasn't like she was the superhero and she knew everything it was like oh no you're a human too you make mistakes you don't know everything mm. and then that was like a that was a very big thing for me because i'm like oh shit this you know this woman that literally gave her life to raise me to make me who i am to make my brother and i'm looking at her now and, you know, I'm taller than her and I and I, she seems more fragile and all of a sudden she's not this like superhero anymore. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, oh, my God, you're a human and you make mistakes, too. Yeah, it's almost it's almost well for me. Um, I mean, I still get along really well with my mom. We had some friction. I know mothers and daughters tend to butt heads uh, no matter what. But uh, yeah. Uh, fathers and sons do too. My father yeah. was a actually a monster. My father yeah. was a complete monster. Um, Mine was as well, but he, my mom, made sure he wasn't in the picture to be that monster to me. Yeah, um, uh, unfortunately, it happened a little too late. The mm, parents did eventually get. That's eh, all right. You know, it's water under the bridge in a way because it never quite leaves you they did get no, divorced and fortunately they got divorced in time that my little brother was spared a lot of what i went through which was good good, good. good, good. but good. at the same time here's the thing see i felt really good about hating him i felt perfectly oh, yeah. comfortable in hating him in yeah. fact um he hated i was in theater when i was in high school he hated it uh he assumed that only 
only gay men did theater and and that was just was not intolerable i mean yeah. i took actual ass whoopings for being in theater which was like that's horrible fucking so monster. sorry so, so sorry. right and so he um he never went to a single show of mine and then my son and daughter are in their first sort of semi-pro theater production and it's opening night and I get a phone call saying your father's on his deathbed in the hospital. Come quickly. Right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And I thought about it. Well, first it was like, they called me two days. Uh, actually, no, I think it was a call me at, no, like call me at, um, like six o'clock in the morning. They said, he's only yeah. got about maybe, um, a month to, to live. And then they yeah. call me back four hours later. He's only got about two weeks to live. And they call me back, get here now. So he just, he did the bottom dropped out of his, his system. And I sat there and I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it. And I said, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck yeah. yourself. And yeah. he asked for me at the end, I'm told. And then when they told him, no, Jay didn't want to come. Yeah. He just apparently sighed and he kind of nodded his head. <laughs> so. I felt pretty good about that because, hey, I'm sticking up for my, my kids. I'm there you for are. them instead yeah. of this prick. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. In the intervening years, I have actually come to understand, not forgive, not excuse, but I've come to yeah. understand more of why he was the way he was. And I never wanted to achieve that understanding. Uh, do, well, do you think it was just a mainly a generational thing? No, no, no. I, I think I think he's a fucking monster. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I think that there were things that he oh, did... like things that he went through to make him that way. Right, right. And I can only assume probably the worst shit. Yeah, I mean, he went through terrible stuff uh, himself yeah. as a kid, and and um, yeah. and and there were also. You know, tools that he didn't have, emotional, emotional tools, yeah. co coping tools that we kind of know of because we live in the 21st century and we understand yeah, a little God. bit more. Um, yeah. But yeah, so growing up is, is really tough because you have to you have to cope with all of the shit that you now understand. Uh, so that's yeah. that's my little um, confessional right there. Uh, so, yeah, fathers suck. Men suck. Um, we've talked we talked about that yesterday, too. <laughs> Uh, generally speaking, yeah. and I include myself in that. I, I try to be a, a modern, you know, sort of, you know, twenty first century guy, and yeah. I, I fall, I fall the fuck down. I know I do. I, I try to be. No, but you know what? As a woman, I fall the fuck down. But I, I don't want to go around saying, "Hey, all men fucking suck." I think there's just a very big handful of men that do suck. And unfortunately, they've been throughout history, the ones that kind of regulate things. And and they've, you know, the, the light has been shined on them and the crap they've done. Yeah. So it does make things harder for you. Yeah. <sighs> No one's perfect, but yeah, if there was a gender that sucked a little bit more, it would be men. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. You're you're in California, you're in Los Angeles in an, a somewhat enlightened place. Mm -hmm. Um but you've also lived elsewhere. You've lived in Florida, right? Uh I I visit there oh, often. No. Uh, there. 
I, I lived there for each time I did, it was like for a month at a time. Okay. So, yeah. but you, you're aware anyway, that there are places that are not California or Massachusetts. Um, they have very different sort of culturally programmed attitudes. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that people say is that it feels more and more like we're going into the handmaid's tale. Yeah. Um, do you uh, feel as a woman that th- the country is maybe taking a step backward when it comes you know, to women and, and women's, you know, respecting? And- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's weird, though, is I was thinking the other day, I think it was yesterday. And uh, I was talking to my boyfriend about it and we were watching something. Oh, we were watching the. So I love <laughs> I love the show American Dad. And I've watched it through and through, but I haven't watched the first couple episodes and seasons in so goddamn long. And when we were watching them, and he hadn't seen them yet, so he was used to the the new ones and how they were. So we went back, started watching the first season, and they were so fucking brutal. Mm. And it, it was hilarious. And they said things that they could not say today. Like, they were saying these huge, like, outrageous, fucked up things that were clearly a joke. And he, I just remember him looking at me and be like, holy shit, this is so different from what they make now. And it's, it's true. Um, so, to answer your question, I think... I... I don't know what's going to happen. I kind of feel like we're at that point where, yes, all this crap's happening and we seem like we're going back in the Stone Ages when it comes to, like, women's rights and all that shit. But then there's also another part or another piece of society that I feel like is really giving me the kind of hope and confidence that it's not going to remain that way, that we're actually progressing. But right now we're in this weird limbo because of, uh, for example, the, the, the women's rights right now. Like it's, it's, it's in this weird limbo, but I, and I don't know where it's going to go. I hope it's going to, I, I, yeah. Well, I think I think okay. I mean, you know, I know sometimes getting all up in the political sphere of conversation can be difficult. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm totally cool with it's, it. It's you know, I think it's it's um, I think that you can hold two things that seem to be disparate i think you can hold them both in your head at the same time i i believe we need to expand rights for yeah. all peoples you know mm-hmm. women gays lesbians yeah. yep trans yep, yep, yep. everything yep. i yep. also feel like a lot of communities need to stop being so damn woke um yeah <laughs> because sometimes it just sounds like whiny bitch little stuff and that's what it is though And the thing is, it's like, okay, so you want to fight for rights. You want to fight for respect. 
How do you do that in such a way that doesn't that that is speaking the language of you know the the common clay? Because like you yeah. know, if you go to you know, let's we said Florida. Let's talk go back yeah. to Florida because yeah. that is one of the states that women really are. I'm surprised that women that they're not like leaving the right. state at greater. I mean, some I of them are actually some are moving out, but um, oh. you know, single women um, who have no reason to be there. But um, the the um, okay, I have I lived in Tennessee for several years. Okay. And there are plenty of people who are gay and mm-hmm. can't come out. They're just never going to come out, right? That makes me sad. And their parents won't accept them. Their right. communities won't accept them. But it's not so much that, that that's the tragedy. It's that there are families who would still be big happy families that gather together on the barbecue and whatever and they'd, they'd have all the same fun if they just got over it right I know it's that ignorance shit god damn people just need to get over it as long as people are fucking happy and healthy in love with whoever they want to be in love with I don't see an issue yeah yeah and I just I just know that probably more people would be accepting it's just that, like, it's like, who's going to blink first? You have to come out and you have to say, I accept you. Or you have to go to your church. And if somebody says anything about your, you know, your lesbian daughter or whatever, you just have to step up and say, you know what? You know, I'll let, I'll let that be between me and God. And you can just shut your mouth. And the more I, people who say that, I think that the faster it will progress. Go ahead. I think it's as simple as just being not ignorant it's just ignorant to say that two people can't love each other because such and such that is just that's just silly and um same goes for all that kind of stuff it's just ignorance it's just like you don't i just love who you want to love if you're happy and you're healthy that's that's the most important thing. It should just stop it there. Yeah. I think you're right, though. I think that we are progressing. It's just like a lot of other things, you get bumps in the, you know, in the in the graph. You know, you get yeah. peaks and you get valleys. Um, you know, hey. And then there's, yeah, and then there's also like social media that, you know, they all have an agenda as well. Yeah, and they really do. They, and they, they navigate things to make people think certain things. And that's scary as shit. And we can't keeping, control that. Yeah, I mean, keeping people in these echo chambers. Yeah, exactly. Showing you, yeah. just sort of reinforcing your worst, yeah. the worst of you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, a hundred years ago, um, it, it was a scandal if an Irishman married an Italian girl. So, <laughs> Which is crazy. Right? Like, it's fucking crazy. So, you know, but look at where we are now. You know, know. It, uh, we've, we've, we've gotten to the point where, you know, in most places, even the South, um, you'll find mixed race couples and people generally don't say a thing about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you and I know that there's no reason that we should be waiting for progress. No. But no. obviously, yeah. I mean, love is love. And as long as people are healthy and happy, there is 
that that's as simple as it needs to go. be. There you go. Right from the ether girl's mouth. Love is love. Let's talk a little bit about, um, about love and okay. about the, the many loves of, of ether girl here. Mm. You, um, you have a wide range of interests and that is one of the things that really really kind of piqued my interest in in talking to you the fact that you are you're you're a complex character kiddo that's that's what i can say you um in addition to acting and singing and modeling and and now and wolf raising you um you have you, you and i share a real a real love and that is gaming Yes. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday. And, and I, I could th- talk about it for the rest of my life. <laughs> I know, right? So we talked about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself here really badly. Um, but we already, everybody knows that I'm, I'm an old crotchety bastard. So that's not anything new. Um, but I, my first video game was actually a, uh, a home console mm. of the game Pong. Okay, okay. I don't even okay. know if you do you know what Pong is. It's, yeah, no, no, no. Of course, goes my back and, and my mom. Right, they blip, told me about it. Blip, blip, blip. It's just tennis. Uh, a yeah. little, a little square going back and forth, yep. Yep. and uh, and that was the original. Um, I think it might have been. I can't remember which. There were a couple of different people who put it out as as console, and then of course I get to see uh, the development of. You know, Battlezone and Pac-Man and yeah. uh, Tempest and all that thing, giving way, giving rise to much more uh, sophisticated games. What do you remember as your first early video game experiences? Oh, my first one, my stepdad borrowed a GameCube from, I think, his brother. It was a car game, and it was of Disney characters. And I played that, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. This is fun. And then I swear to God, like a month later, the Xbox came out, and we got it. <laughs> and and my my stepdad, like, he's the one that got me into gaming. Like, he got that Xbox. He knew what was happening. He's a – he also, back in the day, so this was before my brother was born. So when I was around 10 years old, uh, he made his own computers – and okay. he was very much into that world. So, so he borrowed, techie stuff was all about, he was all about that. Yeah, but then I surpassed him by 16. It's really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then we immediately got an Xbox. And so on Xbox, of course, like Halo was the big thing. And then I think actually there was a time period before we went from the GameCube to the Xbox, there was a PC moment for me that just enlightened me. I remember playing, um, I don't remember what it was. I know it was a vampire game that scared the shit out of me, and I had to have like a, a parent home mm. at all times in order <laughs> to play it. Um, I know I also played Silent Hill on the PC, which I was like 11 years old, so that was completely fucked up. Um, but mainly Battlefield and Age of Empire, I was all about on PC. I thought Battlefield was just the most 
to it, to me battlefield just on the pc specifically i never needed call of duty <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so i played that i played gears of war oh i played doom doom was a good one doom was a, yeah that was a bit that's yeah. been around for a long time so a long time yeah, yeah and i played that on the pc then we transitioned over to the xbox the xbox was all about halo uh, then I got into Gears of War. That's where I learned how to curb stomp someone. And <laughs> that was a great game. And then, of course, I fell hardcore in love with uh, Morrowind, which was the for- first of the Elder Scroll games to come out. Okay. And that game was fantastic. So... Let's uh, let's let's take this kind of piece by piece here because these games have they offer a lot of different experiences. I mean, it's like yeah, Silent Hill, for example. Yeah. That yeah. is a it's a it's a horror game, and uh, it yeah. is even today. It's you know it's it's it sends prickles. You know, it's oh, they, it still holds up. Dude. Somehow, no, they, no one's done it like Silent Hill. No, 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 no one. No. Like when you when you're walking around. And you hear that fucking noise coming underneath a vehicle. Yeah. Like static radio noise with that screech. And you look underneath and that that fucking, if anybody's listening and they know exactly what one I'm talking about, yeah. there is this fucking monster that's all white <sighs> under there just with his long limbs. That scared the shit out of me. I'm yeah. like 10. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I'm glad that you say that because I've let my kids play games probably Good. a little earlier than no, I know, like but uh, yeah, what the hell. Um, I actually am now um, sort of, um, it's it's a new father-son thing uh, with, with one of my boys uh, who is uh, my CSGO, my uh, Counter-Strike Global Offensive buddy. Ah. Um, and so we, we typically try and team up, but occasionally we, we go head to head and, um, he, uh, he doesn't like the fact that I actually was playing first person shooters long before he was around and I actually have skills. I, I think he's, he wants to be able to just say, well, well, I'm going to kick your old, your ass old man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he does and he does sometimes, but, uh, but not, uh, not without a fight. So, Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was I was all about Ghost Recon, and um, when I was around, probably I guess I would have been. Well, I'm not going to say how old. Long time ago, around twenty, around two thousand two or so, two thousand three, whenever it came out. Um, now, of course, they have, uh, and and we have it on Xbox. We have Ghost uh, Recon Wildlands, right? Which is awesome because although it's technically a first person shooter it's it's also strategy yeah you know it's not like ghost uh csgo where basically you're just shooting people all the time right, right. high high adrenaline uh you know it does great stuff for the, the serotonin levels um whereas ghost recon you have to kind of spend time walking thinking planning figuring out how to get into this thing or how to get yeah. onto this thing um so it's a different experience and you know, Battlefield is a, is a different experience, different experience from 
certainly Age of Empires, which I still love to play. I've got Age of Empires I love six. That game. Um, God I, damn. I cannot go multiplayer because I get my ass kicked every single time. I've never been. Uh, no, I, yeah, I'm not a multiplayer kind of girl. Um, no. Did you ever play uh, Half Life? Didn't you say that yesterday? I, I did. I did try it out. I don't think yeah. um, it wasn't. Uh, it's kind of weird because I have periods of my life where I could give time to gaming right. and uh, and then I'd have periods of time where that just was not you know I right. had to sort of set it aside so I have I have tragically I have holes in my my gaming history I understand me too I do too I do too uh, Half-Life I it was a little before my time and I feel like if I were to get into it I, I did a little bit but I don't I don't know what happened to make me it doesn't sound like me to just stop playing that game. I don't know what happened. Maybe we moved. Um, all I know is there was this huge transition when I found uh, the Elder Scroll game Morrowind. Right. And then that f- took over my life for, <laughs> I want to say, a good three years. And... Uh, just all those Elder Scroll games, they were like the top notch. They gave me everything I wanted. And if I needed that first person like shooter game, I could always go back to Battlefield. And then I remember we got rid of the PC. So the Battlefield was a no go. But then Halo kind of took over. And then I would like alternate because I still needed that first person shooter. So I would alternate between two games. And then, uh, fuck, in my 20s, I discovered Fallout. And Fallout, oh my god. Just the most beautiful fucking game. I thought nothing would beat the Elder Scroll games for me. Like, Oblivion was great, even though it's my least favorite of all of them. Uh, Morrowind, again, my, my favorite um let's see what else is there you know fallout is is out now with a a virtual reality uh game now let's see really yeah fall is it fallout is it on the oculus i'm looking i'm looking uh is it fallout six something like that uh or is it is it is it Gonna There's no Fallout coming. Six. No, uh, no, no, no. It's it's if it's, uh, if it's coming out, it's gonna be Fallout Six. Hang on, but virtual. Okay, Fallout virtual reality. Uh, da, 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 da. The Legend of Vault One Twelve. Well, we'll have to check this out offline here because um, it it looks like it's out, but I'm just trying to. F- uh, I, uh, I, I feel like I would know about it if it was out. Maybe they're experimenting with it. Maybe. Uh, maybe. So far, they have Fallout 76, and they, they update it all the time. All the time. And it, it Fallout 76 got a lot of shit when it came out. Oh, this is... Okay, this is Fallout 4 VR, and... Fallout... Okay, oh, come on. I know you value my, my privacy. Um... Da, 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 da. Okay, so okay, Fallout Four: Legendary Post-Apocalyptic Adventure from Bethesda, winner of more than two hundred Best of Awards. Blah 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 blah. Finally comes in its uh, entirety to VR. 
Yeah, I googled it. Okay. All right, I'm gonna give him two years to make this good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have. I don't have. I don't have an so. Oculus. I uh, I haven't I haven't made that leap yet. Um, I know that uh, they've gotten better. Yeah. But I, I don't. I want to. It's. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait. My brother has one. I thought it was amazing. But um, yeah, I'm gonna stick to my Fallout games and my Elder Scroll games until then. Okay. So yeah. now, again, you know, I don't want to make this all about being a woman here because there's more about being human than being a woman, but or man. But I do have to ask that: Have you ever? Yeah. Have you ever gotten any shit for for your gaming? I mean, any friends, family, or like, uh, you know. Uh, you really want to be a gamer girl? I mean, you know. No, my mom would just get more annoyed because I would spend 12 plus hours not showering, not eating. Uh, I did drink a lot of water. I'll give myself that. Um, she just hated it because it was so life consuming. Right. Um. But she was pretty understandable, I would have to say. <laughs> um, no, it, you know how you become an expert on something if you like spend more than ten thousand hours doing that thing, right? right. Yeah. You, well, you, you think you're an elder, I'm an expert. Elder <laughs> Scrolls and Fallout. Nice. Yeah. Well, I I tell you, I I don't think if you, unless you, I mean, there's nothing else like gaming. If yeah. you haven't spent you know, like you said, 12 or 16 hours glued, stuck to a chair yeah. uh, with your eyes just about bleeding because you, yep. you've you got to go one more level. You've got to go, you know, yep. whatever. Um, you got to do just, one more mission. You don't get it. If you, if you, you know, if you know, you know. Um, you know yeah. And, um, and you have to kind of, you kind of have to come out the other side and eventually put the controller down, walk away and say, okay, I'm not going to, that was fun. I'm going to give myself a break for a, a week or so before I do that. Again. Yeah. But it's also, I think it's more than that. Like for me, it was like, I was hitting so many serotonin levels and then I would have to get off and then go to high school. And mm. I was fucking goddamn miserable. Like I was miserable because I didn't want to be in that world and I didn't associate myself with anybody. And I had, had to try to fit in with anybody I just wanted to go home and I wanted to be in my fucking game. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a world that you understand. The rules are yeah. clear. Yeah. You know, it's a it's it's exciting, it's dangerous, mm -hmm. and it can be just as it can be just as real. And you know, yeah. I know that you know, a lot of people think that Ready Player One was kinda hokey. But no, it was not hokey. It was way too factual. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and you know, it's it is the truth. I, yeah. you know, I think I was telling you yesterday about um, how I and I confessed that um, that um, I am a second life long timer. I'm a second life old timer, uh, going all the way back to two thousand three, and you know, Second Life was lampooned in the series The Office. And uh, it has been widely panned as like if you're if you're a Second Life, that's really weird guy. But it's like no different than Minecraft, really, because like you're building stuff and you're making stuff. Um, but if you 
if you have friends in Second Life, um, especially if you've had them for years, they are not like just pixels on a screen. They're your friends, you know, and they're every bit as real as any friend. I have one friend in Second Life who I don't know if it's actually a he or she. Never have. We've known each other for years. Well, that's kind of cool. And I don't ask. Um, this person has two different avatars, one a male and one a female, and I never know which okay. one to, I'm, I never know which one I'm gonna run into. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, you know, we've been there for each other, we've you know given yeah. advice for each other, we've listened to, you know, tragedies from each other, and it's it's just one of those yeah. things, you know, you 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 know, you, again, if you know, you know. Um yeah. so I think that as the tech gets better, more people, especially if we have better virtual virtual worlds. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I love Second Life, but it's 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 running on really old an old engine. It is, yeah. And um, I think I don't know how they're going to update it because you know you've got tens of thousands of people who've built cities, and and how do you update that without wrecking everything they do? I, they've done. I don't know. But I think when we do have a, a virtual world that is really seamless and really flawless and mm -hmm. and also doesn't cause your CPU to scream, um, then I think that more people will say, huh, interesting. Yeah. And especially as you know, the fucking climate collapses and it's, you know, yep. more fun to be in a virtual world than, than this one. So that, okay, so I have a question for you. Shoot. So... With all the open map concept games that we have both played, mm -hmm. don't you think that is don't see sometimes I get really frustrated and upset because when people talk about like Web three, like the meta world, all that shit, I literally am screaming in my head like I've been doing this shit for goddamn years. Yeah. Yeah, and you just plastered a new name on it, and it's you're calling it something else. And on top of that, the uh, at least from what I've experienced so far, it's like, and it's a little. Ugh, I'm trying to find a nice way to put this, it's less than what I'm used to. Mm, yeah, but that's true. It's like it's trying to be the same thing. But it's just not, it's not as advanced. But still, though, like my open world concept maps, like Fallout 76, even though it got a lot of shit, uh, Elder Scrolls, like that is ideally what this whole Web 3 it's yeah. Are you, ask, one, are you asking me, do I think there's a Web 3.0 or is it just a freaking uh, a pretty label? And the answer is yes. No, I mean, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that too. So when people ask me like, oh, what is Web 3? What is like, what is your view on this, this and this? It's like, I've been doing this shit for years. And... For some reason, we are just making it its own thing. And on top of that, we're dumbing it down. Because you have people like, uh, yes, the games I love, like Fallout, Elder Scroll. But 
Let's talk about Red Dead Redemption. I like was going to bring that up because that is my son's favorite game. That fucking game is so goddamn good. And they did such a good job on it. So to me, it's just like you're making something that has been establishing itself for years and years and perfecting itself, such as games as like Red Dead Redemption, um, Far Cry, um, my games that I speak of, Fallout, Elder Scroll, Watch Dogs, uh, Watch Dogs, yeah, like all those games that deserve all the recognition. And then you're calling, like, it's like, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg's meta. You're like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, this is like the you didn't do it. <laughs> this is the preschool version, buddy. Yeah, where have you a, been? Yeah, this is Minecraft version. What are you doing? Like, yeah, this get is out the of best the way you, with that stuff. Yeah, I know. Just sit down, sit down, Mark. Yeah, exactly. But then again, like Bethesda Studios, like all those places, they don't they don't stand up and say anything when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, and I'm I think not sure. it's because what is that? there's. I think it's just because they know how good they are and they're not worried about money and they're not bothered. Yeah. I. And that's why they're like, you know what? You guys go do whatever the fuck you want, whether it's shit or not. Like, I just think they, they, they are so secure right. that they don't have to fall into this like bullshit trap. Well, yeah, I don't even see. And here's the thing. And I, I don't know if Mark Zuckerberg and co really they should have paid attention to Second Life um, mm-hmm. because there was a rise and fall of Second Life. And now and, you know, I love Second Life and I, you know, I wish more people would learn that it's actually a pretty, pretty advanced. I mean, it was always pretty advanced. Yeah. Um, but the thing is. Um, one of my friends in there said when we were trying to figure out why it is not more popular and she said well maybe it's because it doesn't have a use case and I think mm. she hit upon the key right there there's there's no use case when you're playing Red Dead Redemption you have a use case you have to go you know take um, your cowboy and yeah. you gotta go you know either uh, do bounty hunting or yeah uh, do whatever, and you have a thing that you're doing. You have a mission. Yeah, yeah. And I think that with me, you know the metaverse um, and and places like Second Life, and there's actually another one that's pretty cool. I can't remember the name, but I've downloaded it. I have a I have an avatar in it, but I never go there because it's nobody's there. There's nothing to do other than right. like, build things. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. So I think I think that when we're talking about this Web 3.0. Um, what we're saying is that we're still keeping a dividing line between what's the web and what video games are. Right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. You're very right. And I um, think, go ahead. No, I was going to just say there is a fine line, and I want it to be done properly, and I'm afraid it's not going to be done properly. Yeah. And that's frustrating. It's really frustrating because you have Bethesda, like all these guys have been doing shit, beautiful shit for years, you know? And then see, that's the gray area I was trying to talk about yesterday. Like that is, that's that gray area 
I know we started talking about it with crypto. And um, we started talking about it with crypto and NFTs. I guess we have to get around to that again, don't we? We do. Yeah, we'll find we'll find a way. Um, but that is the gray area right now with like Web three. It's like you've had all these just incredible minds make these incredible games, and Bethesda they know what they're doing. Um, so do a lot of others. Um, no one's getting so- paid, by the way, to mention Bethesda over and over again. No, and if anybody should, I fucking should, but I've reached out to them a thousand fucking times with no return, and I'm probably their biggest supporter, so I, a little fuck you to them right now, that would be fine. Unless unless they want to, you know, maybe uh, make you a spokesperson and... I mean, maybe they just didn't get my hundred emails, like, I can't, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't fault mm-hmm. them for that. I can't believe that you are not there at uh, at the at the conferences, the big conferences at their booth. I cannot believe that either, but you so, know, it just goes this goes the show. It's all about who you know, and I just don't know those people. Well, we'll let's we're going to make those connections. I think we're going to make those connections. I you know, hope, maybe I hope. Um, you know, the dial uh, does not have which is sort of my uh, online radio. I've got a streaming radio called The Dial. Uh, 24-7, independent music and uh, news and talk. Um, but uh, maybe maybe we just need to do a, a gaming podcast or something. I don't know. That would be amazing. We might have to do that. We'll talk about that uh, back in the green room. But yeah. I think, like, when I... To go back into, into Second Life for a moment, like, I don't always want to log in to okay. find out if my friends are online. What I would oh. love is if I could connect my messenger account okay into second life okay right and i think that yeah. that's where web 3.0 could exist like if, if yeah. i could connect my games and yeah. my life yeah see and i think that's where you and i are very different because you would want to do that whereas i find it to be my own sanctuary the less people involved Mm. And I really like that. And I, I think I mentioned yesterday um, that the whole reason for, like, I did not like when Fallout and Elder Scroll went online. I did not like it. I had a problem with it because then it's not my own little world, my own little sanctuary. It was all of a sudden, like, these people were around. And, you know, I acc- I acclimated. And uh, you can you can change your settings at all times, but I think you like that social part of that, right? I do. Versus, I I do not. Um, so I'm it's, okay it's with it. to you, it's intrusive. It's a little intrusive. No, it's just like I don't. I think it's because I'm such a like an emotional being, and the people in my life and my, my small circle, I give them so much of my energy that when it comes to me wanting to exclude them and everything else, it's just like, I want my own little world to be my own. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. I think probably part of why I am interested in merging. And it's funny cause I don't want everybody I know in real life to to join me in cyberspace. Right. I don't want everybody involved. 
Yeah, um, which is I why don't want I, any. you don't want any. But <laughs> but um, I think for me, a lot of it is because I run an online news organization and I do a lot of podcasting and I'm sitting in this goddamn chair for yeah. 16 hours a day most yeah. of the time. And yeah. so, like, I would love to get out more. Mm -hmm. um, I have friends, you know, in in the flesh and blood who are like, dude, we never see you. What, you know, maybe come out to an event or a party or something yeah. one of these days. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I will, I will, I will. And, you know, that... You know, I'm just, I'm always working. So for me, if I can log on and chat with a few people that I know, yeah. um, that to me is a, I guess it's maybe, I don't want to say a compromise because like I said, the people I know online are, are genuine friends. Yeah. They're just, they're just, they're just digital friends, you know? Right. And I right. know, I know that at any moment um, they could decide uh, to say fuck it I'm, I'm not going to be playing this I'm not going to be logging on and I would never know where they went mm -hmm. you know I mean unless I happen to have their their you know their actual you know emails and stuff like that and sometimes I do right. but, but yeah it's a weird thing because they're they are pixels but mm -hmm. but you know so anyway uh, yeah that's that's a place where we're probably always going to have a disagreement and that's fine uh, oh, totally fine, totally and that, fine. And that's why you've got, you still have these options to not interact uh, with, yeah. with people. Yeah, and I love that. I love yeah. that. And I think it, it well, it's so funny because I'm born on the cusp. I'm a Leo and a Cancer. And the Cancer part of me is like, I have to go to so many events, so many movie premieres. I have to be engaging with people, which I actually love to do. And it makes me feel really good. And I make people feel really comfortable. And that's always my goal. So when it comes to me at home and gaming, it's like my own little sanctuary. You're, you get that it, cancer homebody, that cancer. Exactly. You know. I become my hermit. It's like, yeah. okay, I have everything I need here. All the loved ones are in this building. Like everybody's safe. And I can just indulge myself into this universe that I much prefer and then when you know and then when I have to go out I, I go all out like I I'm I'm a people person I, I know how to talk to people I know how to make them feel comfortable so it's just like this um I don't know it's it's how I it's how I it's how I maintain my balance I got you I got you. And that's, yeah. again, it's a, it's something that didn't exist 30 years ago. No. And no. Uh, and if you don't know how gaming can actually reset you, then... It does, yeah. It really it does. does. And so you're a Cancer, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm a Cancer and a Leo. It's very weird. As I get older, I become more of a Leo. Well, I, um, I'm a Cancer, and I was born at the very beginning of that Zodiac house. Oh, so I'm okay. a Gemini. I'm a Cancer, but leaning heavily toward Gemini. So oh, okay, I don't know anything about Gemini's. Gemini's are, um, they're they're complicated. I mean, they they have. I mean, it's the twins. Um, and ah, so there's okay, a lot okay. of like sort of split personality. Um, okay. You know, there's you know you're you're this way, but you're also that way. And so right. that is why 
even though I'm a cancer and I'm a homebody and I grew up very shy also, um, yeah. I also have this other part of me that's like, I want to be out there. I want to be public. Yeah, it's very, yeah. So I, I've almost developed, I don't know if you need to do this, but I've developed a persona to be that Leo and be able to be like, okay, you can go just network, be you. You're still going to appreciate people. You're still going to be genuine. You're still going to actually meet them for who they are. You're going to, you know, adore them. But when I come home, it's just like this weight of like exhaustion from all that. You have to take, you have to take the lion's mane off and hang it. Exactly. Yeah. And and you can put me in a room with five, 5,000 people and you can put me on a stage in front of 5,000 people. I will be fine. But when I come home, it's like, okay, I need, I need my shelter. Because this is how I, this is, it's like, it's like how I charge my battery. Cancers get along pretty well with cancers, although, although, I mean, and and, and, you know, there's, there's a few signs that we do really well with, uh, tend not to do well with Libras, uh, tend to do really well with Scorpios. Uh, cancers and cancers get along really well, except that sometimes we can be, be like, it's like this emotional fest. Oh, it's like this, for sure. you know, yeah. <clears throat> so you gotta be, gotta be careful there. Yeah. All yeah. right. So let's talk about, you brought up, you brought up this public, uh, you know, this public persona and there's a reason, um, that, uh, that you've got this public persona and it's not just, it's not just the, you know, the acting and it's not just modeling. Um, but also now I think that this is the segue that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you are very publicly a a supporter and sort of a booster for the cryptocurrency world and especially yeah. the NFT world. And yeah. you you're basically a, a, a spokesperson uh, for these this new blockchain technology. And we talked about it. We started talking about it. Uh, yesterday, and I'm glad that we're, we're back here now because I, there's a lot of stuff that that um, I mean, a ton of stuff that I, I we didn't get to talk about. So first of all, let's uh, let's revisit how you found out and what got you interested in cryptocurrency. Crypto? Let's just start there. Yeah. So uh, I had a friend a couple of years ago. Uh, he was heavily in it, um, and then you know he. He mentioned it to me. I did my research. I was like, okay, I, this is something that I could definitely get into. And um, specifically, like, I could believe in certain coins. So I got into XRP very early. Um, I got into Ethereum very early. And uh, I mentioned this yesterday. Like, the you know, there's a reason why the rich get richer. Um, at the time, a couple years ago, um, I was pretty poor and couldn't afford to put too much into XRP, uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, ABA at the time. Um, but I put in all that I had 
and then that was you know that was a great thing uh it did very well for me and then i backed out in november when i knew and thought everything was going to crash which it did so i you know i took everything out in november um and i made a good profit um a great one no uh because what i had to start wasn't you know it wasn't all the money in the world. Yeah, you said uh, that you bought XRP when it was like, what, five cents or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had, you know, 10 grand. To yeah, I think even lower than that, actually. Even even a grand, you know, because yeah. it went up. What did it go up to eventually? Uh, it, it went up to almost $2. So, yeah, I mean, if you start out at, you know, even a nickel. Um, and yeah. you can drop a thousand dollars into into one of these coins because you yeah. have a thousand dollars that you can afford to part with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You can all of a sudden be buying freaking houses in Beverly Hills, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't have that much money at the time to do that, which is unfortunate. Um. So yeah, but I, I did get lucky with Ethereum. I, I am an Ethereum girl, which is why I based my company off of their blockchain, and she is named uh, Ether Girl. Well, what um, what do you think? I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about cryptocurrency, and there's a lot of yeah. a lot of people who they still. <laughs> Are looking at it as this sort of, I don't know, this flash in the pan. And we talked about how, really, that's the furthest thing from the truth. Um, what gives you what gives you optimism that, that it's, it's here to stay? Um, I think, again, like to repeat yesterday, I think we are going through that gray area. Um, I do believe it's here to stay. Um, I believe cryptocurrency and NFTs, they reach their peak. And then just like with anything else, it hit that peak and then slowly started to fall off, mm. which is needed. That's like the cleanup area. You know, that's the cleanup time. Uh, I felt like there were too many um, cryptocurrencies just being made just just all the time crazy yeah, they were being minted one after the other it was oh, insane it was absolutely insane and there was no like it was crap um so i think we're in the weeding process right now um i think what's happening is we're in that gray area where it's like okay everything reached its limit and now we're cleaning up and I think that's exactly what we're doing. And that's exactly that it's, it was completely needed and I was prepared for it. I mean, I got out in November knowing that, okay, things are looking way too fucking good and they're slowly starting to slip. And maybe this is the moment where we slip drastically to clean house. And I think that's what happened. Um, so yeah, I got out in November, took all my cash. Honestly, I, I keep an eye on it. Like I just, I, I look at the crypto market every single day just to skim through it. It's I, again, I think it's just, it's cleaning house right now. Um, and then with NFTs, 
I would love um, to get into the conversation that we got into yesterday about them. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the, the the point is, you know, the irrational exuberance of the last five years. Um, it was just that there was a lot of speculation and a lot of people who didn't really understand what it was, um, yeah. who were willing to. I mean, and that, that's why all these coins started popping up, because there were yeah. so many unsophisticated investors who enable. I mean, they were basically enablers, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were throwing their money at everything new, hoping uh, that there would be some payback. And eventually you start to realize, wait a minute, these can't all take off. I mean, they can't no, all succeed. No. You know, you should realize that. But, um, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday about how, you know, cryptocurrency can be used for a lot of things. Uh, we talked about how there's this uh, local currency called Berkshires, because I'm in the Berkshires. And now it is a local currency that started out as paper money, beautiful paper money, actually, that you could use locally in stores that accepted it. And it keeps the money in the community. Now that they have an app, that you've got on your phone. They have a coin. It's a Burke share coin. And it makes it super easy for people to pay for things. And the money stays here. Um, and you pay no fees on it unless you cash out. And people don't really cash out because it's not an investment instrument. So I think that there is a lot of use uh, in the future for cryptocurrency used in a rational way in a useful way not just as as an investment although you know there's still always going to be that that facet the nft market is a i mean the nft market i think is fascinating because while again you know people are still buying i mean they're still paying you know a hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars for you know funny little pictures um, <laughs> I think that it means a lot more than that. And, and yeah. I guess for me, when I saw your, your, um, your series, you have a collection in yeah. your Ether Girl series. I realized that you were really sort of merging a lot of different parts of yourself uh, yeah. certainly, I mean, we haven't talked about this because I, I typically don't, um, bring up, uh, you know, such superficial things as, as looks, but you are a bombshell and, um, <laughs> and you. that's just, you know, that's just what it is. And you have been a big, uh, supporter of strong women yeah. and it's okay for strong women to also be sexy women. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And I think that's great because, you know, being attractive is not a crime, right? I no. mean, you know, no, no. So you have a really fun uh, sort of uh, sort of throwback collection of NFTs. Yeah, I do. For Ether Girl, which that which place you uh, in some ways somewhere in the nineteen thirties, nineteen forties. Yeah. As a pinup girl, but also you know as a modern as a modern woman too. Tell me about. When you thought, hey, this is something that I want to do. Yeah. No, I think I described it perfectly yesterday. So I'm going to I'm going to really try very hard to 
re-elaborate. Um, so, yeah, Ether Girl is that nostalgic 1930s through 1940s, 50s uh, pinup girl. It's the, it's the uh, Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe look. Um, and um, it's that the whole idea came from, like, I wanted that post-apocalyptic kind of advertisement that we can all kind of find a home in with you know that's that stuff is early America and um, so that's what I did with her uh, she is this beautiful pinup and she advertises well she will be advertising uh, the new products of you know, our generation, but still bringing that little past with her. And uh, that was the whole concept. I love the fact that uh, you're making use of some some symbols that are often associated with very masculine, uh, the world, the martini, the cigar. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you, you know, you are doing a, a hot take with them, Um as interpreted in a very stylized, it's a very stylized yeah. look. It's it's not yeah. it's not a photorealistic uh, thing. It's no. it's definitely pinup style. Um, but you go and you have various um, you know various poses. Uh, you're dressed in yeah. some provocative uh, lingerie, uh, and you're obviously having a lot of fun. Did yeah. you did you do a a photo shoot uh, specifically for this? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. And actually, so one of my favorite NFTs that came from came from this, um, if you give me like two seconds, I can look at the uh, name online. Um, it's, it's my favorite picture. I'm smiling and it's like, it's a very natural laugh. Oh, uh, so the NFT is called I Don't Want to Set the World on Fire. And it's me laughing, and I have the martini glass up in the air. And the photographer, how we captured that moment in particular, I had I had Beyonce playing when we were doing these photos. And then my actual um, my actual playlist started right after. I think we ran out of the Beyonce. <laughs> So my uh, my like at home playlist started, and it was a song by Eminem, Royce Nine. Uh, I'm pretty sure King Crooked was on it, but it was called um, Oh and Yellow Wolf was on it, and it was uh, the song is called oh, Shit. I don't want to get it wrong. Um, oh, Psychopath Killer. And so when that song came on and I was like, I am so, I looked to the photographer and I was like, I am so sorry. This is just like, this is my at home album. It's just, no, 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 it's fine. Keep doing what you're doing. And I was, and I started laughing cause it's like, oh my God, this poor woman, like she's listening to a song called psychopath killer. And this is what we're doing the photo shoot to, because this is what I actually listened to. So that's actually where I got that photo from. So should you be surprised that your favorite P 
piece comes from an inspiration from your true self. No, no, I wasn't surprised at all, and I loved mm. it. It was just, it was, it was cute. It was cute, but it was just like, ah, Jesus, like an Eminem song called "Psychopath Killer." <laughs> like, are you serious? Well, <clears throat> whoever decides to snatch that up, um, it's now they I, know the history. Now they know the history. Uh, perhaps we can make an NFT out of you describing that, and they can. <laughs> They can because you can yeah. do you can do audio NFTs too. I'm surprised that more yeah. people aren't doing them. I've thought about it myself. I have yeah. an OpenSea account myself. I've been trying to think of what would I do as a as an NFT. Yeah, no, I, I have been too. I'm I'm also a singer, so yeah, it's been right? it's been a question in my mind. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it. I think that it's I, uh, it's going to be used. I think it's, I think that more things are going to be NFTs pretty soon, but I, I can't think about yeah. what I would do. So yeah. I want to talk about um, I want to talk about that uh, that look. I mean, there's a, a number of things that you could do. Um, you could have taken pictures in any number of ways. You've, you've chosen a very um, a very sensual side of you to yeah. to to, I guess, basically eternally capture in, in an NFT. As long as there is an internet, as long as there are blockchains, you will exist as, as Ether Girl, you know, sitting in a martini glass, um, with a martini glass. Um, talk about sensuality. Talk about sexuality and yeah. why you don't think people should be afraid of it. Oh, no. I mean, what, I, what I'm doing, I feel, at least with me, it's very... I feel like it's very different for what we've all been seeing lately. I feel like, you know, the Kim Kardashian bodies and all that shit. Uh, I feel like that's been overly sexualized. Um, so yeah, with these, you get the you get a natural woman who is curvy, and I happen to be blonde. I have yellow eyes. I. You know, it is that I do look like that American pinup, and I don't think we see that too often anymore. Um, you don't look plastic. No, well, it's because I'm not. It's because it's all real. Well, yeah, I think um, for me, it's um, it's. I don't think America has ever been had such a sort of a schizophrenic and I, and I probably shouldn't use that word because it's not exactly accurate but a split personality when it comes to sensuality yeah. we've never had more hypersexualization of everything and yeah. yet at the same time we're getting more conservative and more yeah. buttoned yeah. up I don't know how can how is it that we can do both at the same time do you know you know I, I actually think it's a good thing I think it's a it's such it's that balance I wouldn't. I wouldn't want it one way or the other. I, I kind of like that it's in the middle. That's Does very. That make sense? It's very fifties, and it's a very fifties thing where there's a lot of sensuality going on, like with pinup girls. Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, uh, there's a very sort of, um, I don't know, sort of a buttoned up, uh, locked down 
conservative streak. I don't know. I yeah. think um, I think that on the one hand, yes, it's 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 good that we are not uh, in the sort of the complete free love and free love and drug world of the yeah. of the sixties and seventies. But on the other yeah. hand, I think also there's a um, there is a I don't know. There's this almost this taboo against being sexual um, in yeah. real life. It's okay if it's if it's uh, you know as part of an entertainment vehicle, a movie, or yeah, a video. Yeah, yeah. But you're not supposed to be in real life. And I, I just feel like there's no. This... And I also I also feel like with women lately, like I mean, going back to Fashion Nova, they have not sponsored me, and all I do is wear their clothes. But they have. I, naturally they flock to a woman who's super curvy you know um, and that's I, I am curvy but I'm like a natural curvy so like I have big lips I have a good sized butt I got great boobs but it's like I'm not that overly stylized you, you know? don't look like an like a like a you're not a cartoon version of yourself. Exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 Like everything, like my, my lips are real. Like everything is real. So that is, I don't know, something. No. I think that's why they haven't sponsored me yet. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to. Maybe I'll call them up and ask them what's the deal here. You've got this. I, I, I I've done the same thing. I've emailed them. I'm like, hey, what's the deal? Like, I know I'm not your average you know body everything is natural and real but i i am very petite and i'm very curvy but mm. just not into the extent of what they're used to dealing with well we'll start a campaign we'll start the uh right. you know Let's demand that fashion nova uh pick up ether girl as their you know the 2023 uh, the new face. So yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put some pressure on them. Yeah. Well, I just uh, I think that um, there's a there's a there is a, pr a sort of a primness to the to the 2020s that I didn't expect, um, and I just feel like you know with women, uh, it should be that they are free to. Um, express themselves and not just not just because it's you know commercially viable right you know, but because it's you know it's a way of life I don't know it's kind of like people who are so darn um, they think they're so edgy and like because they dress <laughs> because they dress because yeah. they dress yeah. edgy but right. when you start talking to them they're like you're actually not edgy you're just like no I mean, and you're not even yeah you're not even interesting yeah so you know and you know I, I would like to say that I wear very normal clothes I'm a very normal average guy but when when you start talking to me you realize I'm a bit off I'm a bit strange and that's you know you know people I, I, I think I you're jealous think you're strange oh well you know not, not, not in a bad way I think way. you're no, I think you're unique. Thank you. And I think, and I think people like you and I are hard to come by. That is the truth, and that's why we got to stick together uh, going into the into the apocalypse because you yeah. know that's how we're going to survive. Um, <laughs> so, <Trust> me. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean the the Earth is uh, it's uh, either burning or flooding or freezing. Something's um, going to happen. Something's going to happen. I um I. I feel like um, 
I feel like there are people who have known for a long, long time and have pretended like it's not happening, yeah. but really knew it was happening. And they were yeah. buying buying up huge chunks of land yeah. in, in places like uh, like South America and places like Alaska and Maine. Uh, and hopefully Nevada. Hopefully, no, right? right. Um, yeah, there's some places I would. I, I, I like Nevada actually. I drove through there, and I was I was pretty fond of it. I didn't get to spend as much time as I wanted to. So, did you drive? Did you drive towards the? Okay, so it, there is a difference. If you drove up from Vegas to Reno area, and you took that left side, did you see all those bunkers? I did not go that way. I went mm. from the California. Okay. I went from California to Reno uh, okay. on some of like I think it was like Highway 50 or something like that. All right. Um, so no, I didn't see uh, those. Is there like a big sort of bunker oh, community? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Okay, so on the way from Vegas to Reno, if you take the West Coast side, uh, you will go past at least. Shit. I don't even know how many there's. I want to say you go through the strip on the highway and on both your left side and right side, there are at least 500 bunkers. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just these little mounds of dirt with a fucking door. And they're, they're bug out bunkers. Yeah. Wow. So, and I know that there's like a, a thing where like people, they buy up like missile and you know, empty missile silos and stuff yeah, and yeah. they, they build, you know, amazing retreats with, you know, they have, a uh, you know, enough food for like, you know, 12, 12 people for 10 years or some shit like that, um, stored. And I, I think that that's probably, you know, that's great, but I'll tell you this, I went to them, I went to the, uh, one of the oldest uh, country fairs in the in the country, the Heath Fair uh, in Massachusetts, which is itty bitty fair. There's no there's no commercialism there. In fact, there weren't any any rides this year, which is really weird. They usually have rides, but I was looking at the people and I was thinking, these are the people. Um, and you know, I own a farm as well, um, and so I, I include myself there. But these are the people who they know how to do shit. Right. I mean, yeah. they are hunters and they are gardeners and they know how to fix things and how to build things. They know how to do things. And when the apocalypse happens, you know, that's great that you've you've got a million dollars right now and that you've got a bunker. But once you run out of that food, you're going to need to know how to do things. And so I kind of feel like there's a certain sort of. um certain down-home population that's actually going to be a lot better off um, <laughs> yeah. than others when the shit finally does hit the fan because they're going to actually know how to survive. Oh, um, for sure. You know, not to get too dark here because, you know, this is, you know, we're talking about your <laughs> gorgeous NFTs. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about how to... Out. Okay, let's let's back yeah, up yeah, here. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's let's back up here because I can see that this is the way our conversation is going to go. These NFTs aren't just sitting there being pretty for the hell of it, right? People can get these NFTs. That's oh, yeah, the point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, the point yeah. about the NFTs, what I should say, is that there is 
only one. Yeah, could you take a screenshot of it? You could, however, there is a, a an, an ownership contract when you purchase an NFT that guarantees that there can only ever be, well, actually, you can set how many there's going to be, but I'm, I'm guessing that there's only one of each of those. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So there's never going to be another, I don't want to set the world on fire. Right. Uh, but the whole thing about them, which is cool, uh, so they are... They are advertisements in the metaverse. So I am talking to big companies um, to advertise. Okay, so for example, we see the martini glass in one of the pictures. Um, so, for example, we get a mar- we get a gin product. We do a whole other other photo shoot. And uh, with, you know, with an ether girl style. Um, and she does this advertisement for this gin product. And then whoever buys it, they can put it into whatever metaverse Web3 they want. So they have a piece of the advertising that's going back to the product, which is going to be a brand of the United States. And they have a little, you know, they have a little piece of that compensation from that brand. So, if you, yeah. So if you believe in a brand, um, for example, um, fuck, let's think of my favorite gin. If Sapphire wanted to work with me, they we would do a pinup inspired Sapphire, you know, um, advertisement. And then people could buy that advertisement and put it into the metaverse that they choose to put in. And that would be free advertising for uh, Sapphire using Ethergirl. And then the person who purchases it, it would be, you know, they would would also have some stake in that. I love it. See, now, I didn't understand that before. And I'm glad that we circle back around because that makes all the difference. So it isn't just that you have a gorgeous picture of a beautiful woman. Yeah. um, And there's, you know, nothing wrong with having a gorgeous picture of a beautiful woman. No, 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 no. But it goes beyond that. Those American brands into commercial. And this is the next way to go with Web3. So whether it be a gen... Or a cigar, or a beer, or a lingerie. Or lingerie, yeah. Yeah, or makeup, or fuck. Uh, I contacted GE Electric the other day. Like, the the old pinups to do anything about a washer and dryer. Like, it's the sky is the limit. She is just advertising the new, and she is bringing the piece of old back into the advertisement being the, like the pinup and then like that pure American woman and uh, yeah I love it hey your volume dropped significantly just then oh shit okay let me see what happened well while you're checking that out I will I'll do a little more explainer here uh, for the audience um, NFTs they started out as and a lot of, you know, a lot of you know, the way a lot of things start out as something that did not seem to have a lot of, 
you know, utility. They were for fun. Uh, they seemed even frivolous. You know, you've got people who are, like I said, spending, you know, a million dollars on, you know, funny pictures, which is like, why? Why are we doing this? But the real, the real usefulness of NFTs is the fact that there can be, uh, I'm going to slip into my Highlander voice, there can be only one. Um, and you could use NFTs for all sorts of things, such as you could have an NFT um, system whereby you sell concert tickets. Right. And so every ticket yeah. is an NFT and that way it is guaranteed that it is authentic. You could have hospital records that are NFTs, uh, hospital records that contain your, you know, your health information, your medical information that are secure, that are encrypted and that can travel with you anywhere um, in a way that is completely um Unalter unalterable. Um, you could you could have NFTs for your college transcripts. You could have NFTs for just about anything where you need to be able to trust the authenticity. Um, and I think that um, it's uh, it's no accident that one of the first things we started talking about in this conversation with with Sarah Marie here, Ether Girl, is the fact that. Uh, she is authentic. She is the real deal. And um, I would love to see brands um, sort of, you know, catch a ride on that. Because if there's one thing that brands have to convince people of these days is that, is that they are authentic. They have a uh, an originality, a uniqueness uh, that you just, you know, you can't get with, you know, with the store brand, uh, so to speak. Um and I think that uh, high-end products, whether they're shoes or, or like you said, makeup or, or you know, gin, um, they would do well to to partner up with with you because that's what your that's what your brand is all about. It's about authenticity, yeah. uniqueness, and uh, and of course, you know, a little bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. During the, you know, lead up to the apocalypse, which, which we all need a little <laughs> bit of gallows humor, I suppose. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So what next? What uh, what do you think uh, is next uh, for you? Uh, you know, you've got this. Obviously, you know, people are going to be um, going to visit because I'm going to have the link in the show notes uh, to your open sea, uh, your open sea page. And uh, people can just search if they want. They can go to OpenSea.io and they can search EtherGirl and they'll find you. Yeah. Um, but uh, what uh, what else you got on the on the stove on the back burner? You what on the horizon? Yeah, what's uh, cooking? Yeah, so I am going to do a movie with a very large budget. So I'm hoping it is good. Uh, it has a seventy million dollar budget. Um, it is about El Chapo in his early days of life. Um, and that should be starting in September. Wow. Not mistaken. Yeah. $70 million is no, is that is not chump change. No, that $70 is million is not chump change. Yeah, no. So I'm expecting this, this movie to be very good. Um, yeah. So we'll see. El Chapo. Now that is a character who is definitely authentic. There was only one of him. Um, only one. 
but uh, I, I don't know. And it's, it's, it's very strange because my, um, my biological father, his dad, so my biological grandfather, spitting image of that guy. No way. Swear to God. That must be weird. That must be really yeah, weird. It's, it, it's weird. It's weird. Um, yeah, because my dad is Cuban. But my dad is, uh, he's the Cuban where he has blue-eyed, blonde hair, really dark skin. Um, and his father, the the one picture that I have, yeah, he looks straight out of Cuba. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. My father, I've got, uh, well, my, my father's from Puerto Rico. He's uh he has uh, green eyes. He's got dark hair, yep. kind of wavy hair, but yeah. he's got these emerald green eyes yep. that are yep. piercing. And uh, and he was such a charmer, yeah. such a charmer. And uh, yep. I, you know, again, I, I, I am also the kid who is most like him in a lot of ways. And that's the thing that scares me. Um, I know. Me but, too. Uh, I get I, it. I, I, I definitely I keep it under control, and that's the main thing. Um, yeah. I do have a little bit of a temper. I'll, I'll admit that, so I have to have to focus that. But uh, let's talk about let's talk about where people can go to find out more about you. Now, you say that you're not into playing games online. Do you ever like play multiplayer online, or no? I mean, I do occasionally. Yeah, I do would, have. Either, would you want? Would you want to tell us what your what your tag is? My gamer tag. Yeah, uh, you know that. Okay, so I um, actually have forcefully not let myself have an Xbox console in two years, just so I get shit done. Ah, uh, okay, okay. It isn't a very addictive. I I do not have an addictive personality, but when it comes to that kind of stuff, it gets a little. So you're in GTD mode right now, getting things done. Yeah. Got yeah. it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. When you when you do. What when, when it? I, fuck. If I remember it, I mean, I could look it up real quick. Uh, I know it is Sarah M C. Oh God, it's on my Microsoft account. Come on. I could look it up real quick. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we don't have to make it public, but uh, certainly if people uh, see you online, um, I think that uh, that um, that they they would love to be able to take a couple of shots at you, yeah. probably. Oh, for sure, yeah. And what I'm uh, going to do is I'm going to take, I'm going to, you know, with your permission, I'm going to take a screenshot yeah. of one of your NFTs. Go for it. And I'm going to upload that to my uh, my. I've got a cafe in Second Life, and uh, I'll hang you on the wall. Beautiful. As a as a as a piece of artwork, and I will link, I will link to your OpenSea account from Second Life, so it'll okay. all, all come full circle. People will say, "Huh, what is that?" They'll click it, and then they'll they'll take it to. Uh, so you'll be you'll be my my brand uh, my brand ambassador sort of. That is fine. I'm so, totally cool with that. Yeah, yeah. And then people can also find me on my Instagram, which is Sarah uh, Marie. Period SMS. So. All right. Well, you know this. Um, you actually have set a record, uh, Sarah Marie. I have never done a two-hour interview. Oh. 
never in in seven and a half years actually if you oh, include happy. if you include the um if you include the year I did uh, in 2005 when I was in Boston doing uh, yeah I was doing mostly Boston area independent bands indie bands and uh, so if you add that I've been doing podcasting for Jesus eight and a half years now and um and I have never done a two-hour two interview because, frankly, um, they tended to get tedious. I'm not saying that the, I'm not saying the <laughs> no, people. I, I get I'm, it. I get it. I totally it's not the it. people that are tedious. It's the the being on. But this this has just been like you know shooting the shit with a friend here and and yeah. that like I said uh, that. You know, oh no! I think you said that that's kind of what people love about podcasts. Uh, that sometimes that's, they're, that's they're exactly just exactly what they love. They're cash. Yeah. So you've got your Instagram. We'll put a link to your Instagram, link to your to your OpenSea account, and when you can share, say a link to the official movie page. I know that you probably okay. have to. I would love to keep that under wraps. We'll update the show notes and we'll put the link in there uh, when you can Sounds do that. Great. Thank um, you so much, Ether Girl. It has been a genuine pleasure times two uh talking to you <laughs> yeah and i want you to make sure that you shoot me an email uh so yeah you just shoot me an email and keep me up to date with everything that you've got going on uh because um i can absolutely um you know, I'm going to be your biggest fan, and I'm going to be putting the well, pressure thanks. putting the pressure Thank on you. these brands to uh, you know to step it up and and uh, and and rope you into the you know to the well the big money really is what we're looking about here. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. All right, well, have fun preparing for the apocalypse. I'll, I'll give you a piece of the commission. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, well, I'll have to. I would say you know even five percent, five percent will do yeah. it. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know I'll do it. All right, Sarah Marie, take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you again. All right, sounds good. What did I tell you? Ether Girl, also known as Sarah Marie, is a powerhouse. You can follow her at openc.io slash E-T-H-E-G-I-R-L. Again, that's openc.io slash ethergirl. We're on Instagram as Sarah Marie. SMS. Well, that's our show for the week, but we will be back with more great indie tunes that you probably won't hear anywhere else, like this one from 2021. It's Ghost from Alien Super Jesus. And I think that'll take us home quite nicely. Stay safe, be good to each other, and go easy on yourself. Mm-hmm.